Hello, and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino, the communications specialist in Syracuse University's Office of Alumni Engagement. I'm also a 2003 graduate of the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications with a degree in broadcast journalism. I am so glad you found our podcast. If you're an alumnus of Syracuse University, you probably haven't heard of the names John and Jerry Dellis, but chances are pretty good you've been inside one of their restaurants before. That's because John and Jerry are the co-owners of the iconic Varsity Pizza. Varsity has occupied the same location at the corner of Marshall Street and Krauss since its founding in 1926, when John and Jerry's grandfather, Jerry Dellis, bought the land and built the Varsity. From its humble beginnings as a full-service restaurant and coffee shop, the Varsity has evolved into a staple for Syracuse University alumni, faculty, staff, and friends of the Orange for nearly 100 years. John Dellis earned a political science degree from Maxwell before taking over the Varsity and also forming its neighboring restaurant companion, Fagan's, in 1978. On the latest episode of the Cuse Conversations podcast, Dellis discusses how the varsity came to play such a prominent role on campus, how former head football coach Dick McPherson came up with varsity's most famous tradition, where the opposing team's banner is flipped over every time Syracuse football gets a win, and the lessons that Dellis learned from his days as a Syracuse student. John, first of all, thanks for making the time to join us. I'm glad to be here, John. It's, uh, it'll be a real thrill talking about the varsity and its traditions. Yeah, you know, when you talk about the iconic places here on campus, varsity really, I know it's not technically on campus, but we all consider this an extension of the campus. So what is varsity? What For you, first of all, being an alumnus, what does it mean to actually take back and say, you know what, my family, we, have, we own varsity. This is like a place that so many people cherish, and that's in your family's legacy. It is, and it's funny about that because we had gone, after I graduated from Syracuse, we ended up uh, opening Fagan's. And as a result of that, uh, we were here, my cousin and I, Jerry, who's also a co-owner of the Varsity, since we have uh, uh, had it since our original family had it. (laughs) It's been through three generations at this point. My grandfather started it, and then my uh, father and uncles continued it, and then Jerry and I took it over in 2001. But having said that, all all the things that the Varsity does for us is... Um, never really meant much to me, other than when I looked back and in 2001 really started to get a feel for that, John, when I was in the location and people would come up and say so many different things. They remind me of stories that they had uh, met their wives there or they bring their grandchildren there. And the whole thing really kind of gelled at that point having been there and actually worked it. Prior to that, yeah, 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 our our family owns it. You know, that's how it was when I was younger. You kind of take it for granted until you're in that position of ownership. And so you mentioned some of the stories, and I'm sure you have some crazy wild ones. What stand out to you as some of your favorite stories that people will recall of their memories in the varsity? Well, my father always used to tell one. And what had happened was... um, they had a friend, and uh, the friend actually made uh, came into the varsity on a motorcycle. They opened the double doors, and the friend and they set it up. 
And he just drove the motorcycle right into the center of the varsity. <laughs> <laughs> and my father always got a kick out of that. And then another alumnus, uh, Joe Ehrman, my father always used to tell this one. Uh, Joe Ehrman was outside the varsity, and somebody that worked in the varsity was parked on the street, and there was a Volkswagen in front of him and somebody behind him. Well, it was too tight a space for the person that worked in the varsity to get out of. So Joe Ehrman <laughs> lifted up the back of the Volkswagen and kind of shimmied it over so that the person could get out. <laughs> Boy, giving more myth to the uh, class there of 73, you, you know, Joe Ehrman, one of the favorite. <laughs> It seems after a while, John, those stories do get taller yes, and the legends do. grow a little stronger, but that's too funny to hear. And it really yeah. shows the respected place that again, varsity holds for people, everybody. I mean, I know when I went to Syracuse, I graduated yeah. 2003, we came in 99 on the official visits and you'd go get a slice. It was just part of that tradition. How have you guys tried to, first of all, how would you describe the tradition of varsity? What really does it mean to this campus and the university community to have this haunt right here on Marshall and Krause? I have to say that just because people look at it as such an image in their mind, especially even the sign, like when we first took over, they said, don't even, don't do anything to the sign. And, and we did change the sign, but we made it uh, bigger and better than what it was before, and it's backlit better. <laughs> so it became even more prominent because we felt like the varsity at that point was a brand in that the tradition and the 90 plus years that preceded us really created something that's just unbelievable. What kind of place does this hold for alumni? Oh, it's, it, you know what, it's funny, John. It's, it, they consider it almost sacred ground uh, because they had so many of their own memories here and they come back to grab a slice and just enjoy every, the whole wrapper feels good to them because of the familiarity and the memories that they had here in the varsity. The traditions, um, there's, there's, there's so many of them. I mean, where do I start? Well, I guess let's start with the one that gets the most visual attention, the flag flipping after the Syracuse football team picks up a victory. What's the nexus behind that story? How did that originate? So my father and Coach Mack, who was the football coach for Syracuse, obviously, uh, we're sitting in one of the booths at the varsity, and they always used to talk about football, and my father was a very enthusiastic football fan. And he and Mac would go back and forth about different things, and, 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 and I don't know who tabled the idea of the banners, but it was tabled at the varsity, and my father said, you know what, we're going to get banners, and we're going to have banners up there, and, and they... They formulated the idea. And so after that, in 71, the banners were created, which actually shows everyone what the football schedule is uh, going forward. You just look up on the wall, and that's the football schedule, uh, whether they are home games or away games. Uh, nonetheless, after every single win, turn over the flag so that that meant we, we whooped them. <laughs> And so that would happen every single game that Syracuse won. It's kind of morphed into something else right now, which is really interesting. Um, and, and, and I don't know the reasons why it morphed, but it did. Uh, now the SU marching band comes down on every win, and they literally come in both doors of the varsity with all of their instruments, 
and every single one of them that can make it, and I think I don't I don't know when they all haven't made it. They they line every aisle in the varsity and they wrap like a snake all the way around the whole thing, and then they go into uh, the uh, the band leader will get up on a table and stand there, and they will play march songs and wind songs like no tomorrow, <laughs> and, and it's. Great, John, because what happens is uh, grandparents are in there, uh, parents are in there, they're taking their little kids and they're propping them up on the table so they can see <laughs> because everybody's standing and it's a big kind of a ruckus and you got to cover your ears if loud noises bother you, that's for sure. <laughs> but they, they play four or five songs and then in our appreciation of them coming down to do that, because we figure they haven't had any opportunity to eat at all through the whole game and, and so forth. So we make them about 15 or 20 pizzas every single time, and, and, and we hand them to them as they're going out the door in, you know, bunches of uh, pizzas. And so they get off and go eat them somewhere. And say, yes. <laughs> I would say it's pretty safe to assume that your, your family and your dad in particular would be really proud to see what, that tradition has kind of grown into, and again, how much of a staple it is here on the Syracuse University right. campus. How did your family come to own Varsity, and what was really the thought process? I've read some stories about your grandfather was hawking peanuts on the street corner. How do we go from hawking peanuts to hawking pizzas to hungry college students? Um, well, I guess if you're an immigrant in those days, you saved every penny, nickel, and dime that you could. And he was out on that street corner over there on Marshall and Krause, and, and he was selling popcorn, peanuts, and that type of thing uh, uh, as a stand. And he eventually made his way to buying that piece of property and, and installing the varsity as we know it now, pretty much. It's gone through some gyrations because it used to be that the varsity was um, full service. So there were weight people. Um, so my grandfather just really was the, uh, capitalized on what the American dream is supposed to be. And he bought a very valuable piece of property even then. And um, he put the varsity in there. And, then, and ever since that point, as I said, it's gone through some gyrations. Post-World War II, um, really cafeteria lines were the advent um, of fast food. And so he changed the full surface service to cafeteria style. So that all the GIs, and, and Syracuse had a GI bill and, uh, available to them, all the GIs that were coming here, you know, you, just like anything else, you grab your tray, you go through the line, you pick out the pie and the cheesecake, and, the, and you order your food as you go down the line, and out you go. So it was just quick and easy. Besides the modern technologies that we've seen of modern day life, you know, people on their cell phones, it seems like Varsity has really tried to remain true to its core tenants. How have you seen, like if your, if your grandfather was here, would he still recognize a lot of the core values and the core beliefs that are practiced at the Varsity? Um, no question. Um, I mean, he might shake his head at a few things, but um, I think that when you say those core values, it's still a very family-oriented place for the most part. So is there a secret to the pizzas at Varsity? Yes, there is. And it's the person that makes them. 
Ellie, who's been there since 1971, is going on her 50th, is on her 50th year uh, of being in the varsity. It's actually the same year that the banner started. Ellie started making pizzas in the varsity. And she's the secret because I think she's at about three million, but I'm not sure. If she can't do it after uh, three million, then I don't know <laughs> who can do it. It's remarkable, John, to have that consistency uh, with the varsity and have that same pizza maker for basically, you know, 50 plus years. What is it about Ellie and the way that she serves up the pies that really has made her last and be an institution? Um, she's an institution unto herself for sure. So many people come back to, they have to say hi to the pizza lady. So they, they make it a point. And Ellie is the type of person that will remember your firstborn and she will ask how how uh, Johnny is or how Jeffrey is or how Susan is, she will remember. And so people come back and, and they bring their kids in and they go, look how, how tall Susan is now. You know, so <laughs> they go through all of that. And all of that really contributes to the fabric of what the varsity represents, I think. I think that's the very core right there. And you mentioned, again, the fabric and the core of the community. Syracuse, we've had a lot of changes on Marshall Street. A lot of restaurants have come and gone. That happens as businesses evolve, as times change. How much pleasure and pride do you derive in the fact that you guys are still here? You're still a strong staple for the Syracuse University community. Um, we're very proud of that uh, aspect. We're proud that we, uh, Jerry and I, have been able to take it through a third generation Obviously, you guys are much more than pizzas, but pizza seems to be, again, the staple item at the varsity. Is there a favorite slice that people come in for? Is there the most popular slice or toppings? Give us a run of the gamut of those. Um, so the spinach feta pizza is a real popular one. Not the most popular, but Ellie came up with that one uh, because she's Greek. Uh, so the spinach feta and tomato uh, pizza is, is, is her... Her, her toss into it, which was great because we've gotten a lot of publicity from that pie in particular, and it's delicious. It doesn't have any red sauce on it, but it's a great pizza. Uh, pepperoni pizza is going to be the number one pizza, whether it's this pizza shop or the next pizza shop. It just is what it is. Now, I want to flip the script on you a little bit and talk about your connections to Syracuse University. You graduated 77 with a degree in political science. What made you attend Syracuse in the first place? That's a great question. Um, I actually was a freshman at Ithaca College, and um, I, I, I wasn't really happy there, being away from Syracuse, mostly. Um, and so I started having a conversation with my parents, and I also wanted to change up. I thought maybe I wanted to be a um, law enforcement officer at the time. And so I was kind of in business administration, and I thought I wanted to go a different route. Uh, having said that, my dad really wasn't happy about that conversation, and so uh, he actually took me up to one of the deans in the arts and sciences department that he knew, and kind of explained that my son's thinking uh, law enforcement, and my father, I think, was uh, wanted it to be a, a grander idea than that. So. Uh, but I don't know that he supplanted something in the uh, arts and sciences dean at all, but 
that individual said to me, well, why don't you shoot higher than that? Why don't you, because we have the Maxwell School here, and uh, there's a lot of recruiting for FBI and CIA, so why don't you think about that level and maybe start in political science and work your way through and see where that takes you? So that's actually how it went. And um, I ended up getting my political science degree. And then midway in my college career, probably around my latter junior year, I thought about going to law school. So uh, I was just um, getting to that point. And, and then I had other ideas with opening a restaurant on campus after being up here. And the only thing that was there was the orange at the time. And, and that was quite tired and uh, it was literally the only place to go. So then I started thinking about business concerns and then obviously involved with things in 1978, the year after graduation. And the promise that I made my parents was, if it doesn't work out, I promise I'll go to law school. But if it works out, I really don't feel like going to three more years of school, to be honest with you. Sure. So, well, I, I would say it's pretty safe to assume it's worked out pretty it well. Worked out. <laughs> it worked out. What are some of the valuable life lessons that you were instilled uh, here at Syracuse through your faculty, through your professors? What are some ways you found that your degree and your education has really shaped and molded you? Two people really had a big um, impact on me at the university. One was Michael Sawyer, and he taught con law. And um, I took his first, uh, first class um, and then I took a second because I did really well in his class. He just, he just was, I don't know what it was about him, but he was a good communicator and he was funny. And so he was really engaging with students. And it was a big auditorium, but nonetheless, I, I kind of got to know him a little bit. And so he, he just, he made me feel like you could do this. You know, you, you, know, you, can, you can do well at this. And so that's why I, I did well. I mean, I aced both of his courses. And then uh, Rick Gambetta was another one, and I took his philosophy of law course. And Rick was the same kind of professor, just engaging. And if I was having any difficulty, you know, I could go to his office and, and he helped me think it through uh, with regard to the philosophy of law and what was going to uh, occur on the next test or what have you, you know, that type of thing. So. Those were two very important people that uh, uh, influenced me in my uh, performance at Syracuse. They got me to actually do better than I thought I could. Always a valuable lesson to try to strive to be greater than you are and right. keep improving. Because if you're not trying right. to get better, what's the point of life, right? That's exactly right. What are some of the biggest pieces of advice you've received that have played themselves out in the growth of Varsity and Fagans? The very first lesson, and probably the most important lesson that I learned was uh, you can't be in your business and be dictatorial. People have great ideas, and mostly your staff, they want to do well in your restaurant as, as well. So it, listening to staff became my first lesson in my first year of business. And after I got a hold of that idea, I learned that I could be successful probably at anything. If you garner what people have to offer and or glean what people have to offer, uh, they they if they have commonality with you, you're gonna to get to a better place.
Tell us about how you met your wife and what role Syracuse played. Well, it's funny. I met her at Syracuse University. She's a graduate as well as I am, as you know. I met her in uh, class at Syracuse. As a matter of fact, the class was Legislative Processes 315, and uh, it was Dr. Fowler's class. She taught the class. And uh, my wife said something to me in class, and uh, I won't go through the whole story, but nonetheless, that's when we, we met. So one of the formidable memories of Syracuse and, and things that are near and dear to me are meeting my wife at Syracuse University. That's probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Anything we've missed, John, that you want to hit on uh, regarding your story, Syracuse? A very important part of uh, my career is my cousin Jerry as my partner. We have been able to, as a team, uh, without not, you know, we've always had the family uh, glue. Uh, my father was with uh, three other brothers, and the mantra was get along, get along. Um, and uh, my cousin and I, because there were two of us, it was probably easier because we would bounce our ideas off one another. So together, we have been able to be successful to the degree that we are successful. It's definitely better together, better having a good business no partner and a good family member who can be there through the thick right. and right. the thin. And thankfully, again, you guys have been a staple of the community here for quite some time. And we're right. looking forward to seeing what the future holds for Varsity and yeah. for Fagans. John, best of luck with everything. And thanks for taking the time to stop by today. John, thank you very much. And this has just been a ball. And it's always nice to go down memory lane over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. You can find our podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find our podcast at alumni.syr.edu slash Conversations and anchor.fm slash Conversations. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast. <laughs>